0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you are, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sports with Petit Crom. I'm your host, David Kromelow. Well, the moment we've all been waiting for has finally arrived at the doorstep. By the time you hear these words, we will be only one day away from the 2021 NFL Draft. And this is no ordinary draft, folks. This is a draft that Hall of Fame executive Gil Brandt said is the most unusual he has ever experienced, whether as an executive or as a reporter covering the NFL. With a looming early run on quarterbacks that could make 2018 look like child's play and a process with minimal in-person visits from scouts due to COVID-19, we could very well be in for a super surprising and shocking affair this weekend. But since a world of unpredictability demands some predictability, we'll give you some of the latter here today as we make the final stop on our annual Dash of the Draft Divisional Tour in the AFC East. And joining us to break down the draft plans of the Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills, it is wonderful to welcome back our good friend Jeff Barnes of Cover2Draft.com to the program. Merry Trappist Eve, Jeff, how you doing?
1: I'm doing all right, very busy, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, same here, man. Uh, I've just been busy getting ready for my uh, draft ride activities, right as I'm sure you have as well. And uh, all we can do is uh, wait till Thursday. But uh, since uh, waiting, the waiting game sucks, as they say, um, let's uh, talk about the AFC East, starting with the New York Jets. And barring an unprecedented last minute surprise, the Jets are heavily expected to take BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick. Some respective voices on draft Twitter, however, believe that the Jets are making a mistake by taking Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Do you share that view? And if you do, for the sake of play Devils advocate, why do you think the Jets love Wilson more?
1: Um, I actually have Fields over Wilson as well. Uh, it's not that, I mean, there's a lot to like about Wilson. Everybody has fallen in love with the big arm. We've seen that before Josh Allen, plenty of other quarterbacks before him. Really, they have that big arm talent. Everybody falls in love with it. Wilson has the athleticism that you'd like, uh, be able to get out of the pocket. And I get what they feel, but we look at Justin Fields, what he's done in every phase of the game uh, running, passing, being able to move the offense. And uh, once again, you're talking about a quarterback who's handled pro concepts. Everybody talks about the reason why he holds the ball so long. Well, if they've done the investigation of the offense, it's designed that he holds the ball that long but he's the kind of guy that he has the ability, he has the upside, the higher upside than Wilson, which is why he's even higher on my board.
0: Uh, yes, a lot of people say Zach Wilson is the Mormon Baker Mayfield, so to speak. Do you agree with that, Comp? <laughs> I can could, I, I could see the similarities
1: between him and Mayfield. I think he's a stronger arm than Mayfield. But overall, I can see the similarities. Um, very confident young man as well. I just think that uh, I can can understand people falling in love with Wilson. Like I said, I have Fields higher. I still think he's higher. I would love to see him go. I'm kind of uh, taken back by the amount of negative press he's gotten the last few weeks.
0: Uh, same here, and speaking of Justin Fields, it may be the worst-kept secret in the National Football League that Bill Belichick has the hots for that Ohio State quarterback, and it just seems inevitable to many, including myself, that he will make a move up the board to either 7 or 8 or maybe even 9 if the reports of the Broncos wanting to pass a quarterback on a D D-True and take Justin Fields. Should these assumptions come to fruition on day one, does Justin Fields immediately make the Patriots AFC East contenders again?
1: Not just yet. I, I like the uh, offseason work they did in free agency, bringing in the two tight ends, bringing in some more weapons, but overall, all of those guys are going to have to go through an offseason. but we're already seeing uh, OTAs are going to be virtual, so they're not going to be on the field working together, getting through this stuff. This is all going to be a delayed process of training camp again, so they're going to be behind the eight ball. I think Miami's going to add more talent. I think um, Buffalo's going to add more talent. And and they'll get better. The Jets are going to get better. Everybody in the division is going to get better this year. It's going to be a way better division. But overall, I don't think they've passed anybody just yet.
0: A very interesting take there. We shall see, indeed, if Justin Fields becomes a New England Patriot. I'm not ruling out that he won't. I just have a... Strong belief that he will, and the Miami Dolphins have a pretty tough decision at the sixth overall spot. As uh, Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network reported today, they are debating between Jalen Waddell and Panay Sewell. Although the Dolphins sorely, sorely need more playmakers, and the temptation to reunite Tua Loa with one of his favorite college targets is totally understandable, the Dolphins offensive line isn't in a pretty situation either, especially a tackle. And furthermore, they unloaded Eric Flowers to Washington today, and it was reported that they plan to kick Robert Hunt inside to guard. And given the fact that Tua isn't even two years removed from that freakish hip injury, the incentive to keep him upright may be higher than that to give him another weapon. What would you do if you were Chris Greer and Brian Flores?
1: It's a very tough choice. They could definitely use the weapon on the wideout, but they can also, once again... Stand up protect their quarterback, who has a history of injuries in college. So the main thing is to keep him upright, keep him protected. If you have Penasul, you take him. You can you always add extra talent at that position later in the round, later in the draft. Also, they have, the second round is going to be uh, thick with wide receivers. So they they don't really, they may miss on a big time playmaker if they pass on Waddle, but you get a sure thing at tackle in Penasul.
0: Yeah, and plus, uh, there's chatter that Devontae Smith could fall well outside the top 10 and into the late teens. Like, the Dolphins could still take Pedasol at 6, and Devontae Smith could still be there at 18 when all is set and done, and they could take him then at Better value.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If he falls that low, that's definitely a steal to get him at 18. And once again, there's also um kid from Minnesota that's out there as well. So yeah, there's still talking. plenty of receivers. Yes, there's there's plenty of talent out there in this draft, the wide receiver, that you don't have to rush it. If you, if you have the ability to draft a player that's higher on your board, like a Penis will take them. And by all means, there will be my receivers to come back.
0: And uh, Peter King, uh, in his uh, Football Morning in America column this week, brought up an excellent point about drafting wide receivers. Uh, And he has the strong belief that you're much better off waiting until day two to draft a wide receiver. And he, like, uh, compared statistics of, like, the average stat line in a rookie season with receivers drafted on day one and day two, very identical, he found out.
1: Yeah, and it also, uh, receivers becoming one of those things where they come in a little more ready than they were before, but it's still a learning curve at the NFL level. So it's not it's not always instant production. Sometimes the production just never happens, but it's not like running back where you can plug and play a guy and expect a certain level of production. But wide receiver, it's hit or miss early, but sometimes you get a guy that comes in and just lights it up, but... You, you got to trust your evaluation of the player. If you believe the kid is going to be worth something to your franchise, you believe he's in the right system, you have the right situation for him, you take him when you're at the right spot where you believe the value is right.
0: And now on to the reigning AFC East champion, Buffalo Bills. And when it comes to the Bills, they have their eyes on two needs early in the draft, edge and running back. And yesterday, Todd McShay reported that the Bills may be on a trade-up to the early 20s to take a running back. And that actually makes sense to me, given the fact that most around the NFL expect these Steelers to take Alabama's Najee Harris at 24, should he be available. In the grander scheme of things, however, I am 100% against taking a running back in the first round. But, once again, to play devil's advocate, I can understand the Bills' here, because after the first three running backs, Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams, there's a steep drop-off. And where is it? Edge, it is a much deeper class. You could get someone of good quality on day two. What should the Bills' top priority here be in your view?
1: I think that uh, they're going to get a talented player if they stay where they are at. I I believe they have the ability to trade up and get somebody. If you really want that running back, I mean, unless you're trading up to get Etienne, I mean, I like Javante Williams, but I am of the opinion I think Michael Carter is equally as talented. He's a different style of runner, but he's a lot closer to uh, Edwards, Clyde Edwards and Hilaire. So I think he's a highly underrated runner when both of those guys were in the backfield together. So I, I believe that he's a steal for somebody if they don't if they won't take him in the second or third round. They're getting a very good runner. So. It, don't rush the running back if they feel there's a player on the board that, that'll be there when they draft in normal spot. Don't give up the draft capital or trade up unless you have to.
0: He is Jeff Barnes, ladies and gentlemen. Cover to draft.com. That is cover the digit 2, draft.com. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Barnes29 and Jeff. We've now reached the favorite part of our Dash to the Draft Divisional Tour series. It is the three round mock draft for all four of these AFC East teams. And here's how we're going to do this mock. Uh, No trades are allowed. You you can only draft a player once for each team. Like, for example, if you uh, give the Jets, say, Travis Etienne at 23, you cannot give him to the Bills where we do our Bills mock. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's essentially the rules of the road here. And we are now at two overall with the Jets. And uh, we're, just for the sake of reality, we will give them Zach Wilson, but – I want to give you another opportunity to play devil's advocate here. Uh, A lot of people believe that Zach Wilson's play style is tailor-made for the offense uh, that new offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur is uh, bringing from San Francisco to New York. It's essentially the Kyle Shanahan offense again. So uh, the 49ers reportedly had the hots for Zach Wilson too, but couldn't trade high up to two. Uh, Do you think uh, he is a logical scheme fit um, for what the Jets want to do offensively?
1: Yes. he's, He's the kind of player that you could throw on the run. He likes the uh, out-of-pocket throws. He can throw from the pocket, but once again, we're talking about another six-foot quarterback. So, you know, six-foot quarterbacks do have issues with pressure coming up in the middle, as we saw with Baker Mayfield. The best year he had was when Stefanski came in and got him moving a lot more outside of the tackles. So this is going to be the best fit for him. A lot of mobility. The kid has the ability to move, uh, the ability to make some exciting throws on the run. Uh, Ability to play fake and um, a pretty good solid, pretty good play fake as well. So he's going to be able to run those boots and waggles for the um, for the Jets out of that 49er offense.
0: Yes, and now we're back on the clock again at 23. This is the pick the Jets got in the uh, Jamal Adams trade with the Seattle Seahawks, and they got options here. Reportedly, they're looking to go edge or running back with their next two picks at 23 and 34 overall, respectively. And in terms of edge, uh, Quiddy Pay is still on the board. Aziz Ojolari is still on the board, although he is sliding down due to uh, concerns about his knees and uh, we also got uh, Joe Tryon uh, also on the board. Jason Owe from Penn State, if you want to take a roll the dice, an athletic freak, put him across from Carl Lawson. Uh, this is where his value, I think, comes into clear view. And, uh, and in terms of the running backs, uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams are still on the board. Uh, but... There's another potential steal looking the Jets in the face in this mock, and that is Elijah Vera Tucker. As they say, the quarterback is the house, but the offensive line is the insurance, and Elijah Vera Tucker might not be a tackle, but damn, he's a solid pass protector, and the interior pressure is what frustrates pocket quarterbacks like Zach Wilson the most, and having him protect Zach Wilson would be excellent value here, in my opinion. What would you do? Well, uh-
1: Judging by the players that you've mentioned, I believe the highest player on the board right there would be Elijah Vera Tucker, and he would be my pick right there. Once again, we talk about solidifying the inside of the line, but you also have the ability of a player who could be a Pro Bowl guard, but he he could be a very, very good tackle if they need to. So there are teams that are projecting him as a tackle. I believe he is a, a future Pro Bowler at guard. So I would take Elijah Vera Tucker right there at that spot.
0: Yeah, that is very fascinating that some teams are looking at him as a tackle because uh, his arm length is uh, like just about like thirty-two inches, some sort. That is way too short for a guard by most metrics.
1: Yeah, for a tackle, the, so to speak. Yeah, the the arm length scare could scare you. Um, some guys outplay it. We've seen it. But overall, when you look at his play when he was at tackle, once again, uh, if if you go by the analytics, he was highly rated at tackle. I think he was the top tackle this year when it came to the analytics of the position. But if you watch his film, he is dominant inside. He is a dominant inside player. And if you have that kind of player, you let him stay inside and be dominant.
0: Yes, and plus, the interior offensive line is very, very important in that Kyle Shanahan-Mike LaFleur offense. So uh, if you pair Elijah Vera Tucker with Zach Wilson, Jets fans would be very, very happy with that scenario. And now at 34, uh, you got Jason Owe still on the board for Penn State. Uh, this is where uh, he could prove to be excellent value here. And Javante Williams still on the board as well. But if you want a corner, you got Eric Stokes from Georgia still available. Uh, but if you want to go tackle, Samuel Cosby from Texas is still available. Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame is still available. And also, if, if you want Ed Shelp uh, looking for alternatives aside from Jason Owe, you got Boogie Basher from Wake Forest and a riser up draft boards, Peyton Turner out of Houston.
1: Yes. Um, but at this, rate of, at this point in the draft, we would take Javante Williams. We're going to add that other playmaker to the backfield.
0: Sounds good. And uh, Javante Williams, uh, is he the ideal uh, running back for the Shanahan system?
1: Yes, yes. He's a zone runner. He's exactly what you're looking for, big play runner. So he's that kind of person. Where If he hits the crease on the zone, he has a chance to take it to the house on any run. Very sleek. Uh, gets very small in the hole has the ability to has some juke in the hips so he can shake it off the first shake off that first defender he's one of those players that has, has lightning in the bottle runs but also some tough runs too
0: and we are back on the clock again with the first of two third-round picks for the Jets at 66 overall. And so far, we've got them: Zach Wilson, Elijah Vare Tucker, and Javante Williams. I know Gang Green fans would be ecstatic with a haul like that. And now, when you look at edge, you got Joseph Asai still on the board from Texas, and I think uh, he, he's not a freak athlete like Carl Lawson is, but uh, he would be a good complement to Carl Lawson. I, I personally believe. And uh, uh, you also got. Um, uh, safety uh, isn't that much of a need, but Jamar Johnson from Indiana is still here. And if you want uh, offensive tackle help, uh Jalen Mayfield's more of a guard. Uh, and uh, at corner uh, here, uh you have uh, um Ifatumelafonwu, and uh, he is like tailor made for the Robert Sala defense. That long, lean, lanky corner and tall too, Afatimela Fonwu from Syracuse Mm -hmm. here, and uh, uh, Tyson Campbell from Georgia. If he falls this far, this is where he could be good value. Some people think he'll sneak it to the end of the first round. I personally don't buy that, but uh, I think this part of the draft is where Tyson Campbell could uh, pay dividends, so to speak. And uh, if you want an offensive tackle to groom, uh, Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa is uh, still on the board as well. Or if you want a Add another good value piece to that offensive line on the inside, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. Or Quinn Miners from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater at center. Center's even mm-hmm. more important than guard in the Shanahan uh, LaFour scheme.
1: Absolutely. But we're going to go with the pass rush. We're going to look to upgrade that pass rush. We have Carl Lawson. Well, let's add Joseph Asai at this point. He's a player that I had him in my top five of pass rushers. I think he's one of those uh, players that's kind of that tweener that we've seen. Well, he we got Lawson on one side. He has a bigger frame than Lawson. Um, he could stand and get stronger. He has the frame to add a little more muscle. Uh, was asked to do a lot of different things. Showed his athleticism at Texas. I think he's going to be a great complement to Carl Lawson.
0: Yeah, exactly my thoughts. And I believe we are back on the clock with the 86th pick overall. And uh, Josh Myers is the best player on the board, followed by Chas Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina. Um uh, Quincy Rocher from Miami, if you want more edge depth, than Robert Sala, um, he likes to collect defensive linemen and edge players, so that would be a good option here, but if you want a corner, Paulson Adebo, uh, another corner who many believe is tailor-made for the uh, Robert Sala scheme, and Robert Sala's from the Pete Carroll tree, FYI, uh, is still on the board here as well, and if you want offensive tackle, Stone Forsythe from Florida is still here as well
1: um at this point in the draft you take what um one is the best option that fits we're going to take uh the cornerback from stanford paulson adebo now i do have questions about his ability to redirect um whenever you hit him with double moves and and, um be able to stem him off the line beat him and uh get some separation and coverage although he showed great speed at his uh pro day he does show some speed on film. I do worry about it. I was I was in the house for the UCF game where Gabriel Davis and every UCF uh, receiver had fun with their corners of Stanford all day that day. So I got to see it up close and personal, his negatives. But I've seen the positives as well on film. So I think in the third round, the late third round, and especially at that, he's a, he's a good pick.
0: And now we are on the clock at 15 overall with the first pick of the New England Patriots three-round mock, and you will never believe this, but Trey Lance is still on the board. Many, including myself, expect Trey Lance to be the 49ers pick at three, but if he isn't, and if he slides in striking distance that Justin Fields is taken beforehand... I think uh, he is somebody that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels would absolutely love to work with. He's got a very similar skill set to Cam Noon. He could sit behind Cam Noon for a half year to a full year learn from him and uh, take over that offense the, the following season. I think he'd be great in New England. Do you?
1: I do think he'd be great in New England. And I think uh, he gives them a dynamic of uh, a player who's able to sit in the pocket with his size he's not going to be one of those shorter quarterbacks you have to worry about moving he's actually able to sit in the pocket and look down the field he's a younger player which gives um bill belichick even more of a chance to mold him the way he wants him so i think you take trey lance in this situation i think it's a steal for me at 15 the fact that he's gone like i said i, I hate to see one of those quarterbacks slide uh we've been hearing a lot about field sliding but in this case if it's lance that slides I wouldn't have been surprised before if he fell to 15 because of some of the other moves that would have been made ahead of him. But him in New England is a good fit. I think the only way they pass sort there's is a, another offensive weapon that really, really intrigues them.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the uh, quarterback market uh, and uh, which one or two of them fall. And uh, how will uh, that force teams to move up? And uh, the teams that want to move down who don't need quarterbacks, how much will they ask for in return? Uh, that is the number one storyline headed into Thursday night. And uh, we gave the Patriots Trey Lance in round one, and now they're back on the clock at forty-six overall. And you, uh, you got uh, Matt Judon at edge, but uh, uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty after him on the depth chart. Peyton Turner still on the board here. Uh, you also got. Uh, Creed Humphrey, a uh, center from Oklahoma or Wyatt Davis from Ohio state. You lost Joe Tootie in free agency. You might need to beep up a uh, long-term protection for, uh, for Trey Lance. Uh, and, uh, you've also got Dylan rated a tackle from, uh, North Dakota state. If, uh, uh, because Trent Brown can't stay healthy and, uh, he's essentially on a rental deal, so to speak. And, uh, uh he, he could be good value here. Um, but, uh, they need corner help. Aaron Robinson's the best corner on the board right now. But you've also got Asante Samuel Jr., whose father played for the Patriots and won two Super Bowls with them. I think Bill Belichick would jump at Asante Samuel Jr. here.
1: And indeed he would. I mean, you're talking about a player that's very similar to his father. A ideal zone corner with a knack for the football, finds it um, not exactly the most latch on man coverage uh, player, uh, not exactly the greatest leaper when it comes to jump ball situations. But when you talk about a player, when, when he sees the quarterback, when he sees the football is an ability to make adjustments, recognizes routes, when in zone very well, Um it, He's the kind of player that fits into what Belichick wants to do. He can play those complex coverages behind him with a player that understands it.
0: Yes, said plus uh, he is a playmaker. And with uh, Stefan Gilmore's days, New England may be numbered. Uh, he's getting up there in age, and the Patriots might not want to keep him uh, at a certain number. Uh, Asate Samuel Jr. could be a logical uh, replacement to leave that corner room uh, in Foxborough. So Trey Lance and Asate Samuel Jr. to start off this uh Three-round mock for the Patriots, and uh, we are headed all the way down to 96, uh, where the Patriots' uh, next pick is. I believe that's a comp pick, uh, so to speak. I believe uh, they traded uh, their original third this year. I forgot forgot to who, but uh, that's typical Belichick fashion. He uh, (laughs) trades all those third-round picks uh, each year and uh, tries to get better value later.
1: And uh, don't be surprised if he trades again this year. (laughs) Of course.
0: uh, After trading up, I could definitely see him trading down as early as the second round, especially if he trades up for either Fields or Lance. Absolutely. And uh, we are fast approaching the 96th overall pick here. And we have arrived. The New England Patriots, uh, uh, they have plenty of running backs already, and we gave them Trey Lance. Uh, David Diablo, a safety from Virginia Tech and Hamza Nasruddin, mm-hmm. that hybrid, uh, for Florida state, that, uh, multi-position defender that Bill Belichick loves is, is still available here. Uh, that he kind of, even though he's a tweeter, that's a typical Belichick player. You uh, like that safety linebacker hybrid. He likes those guys a lot. And, yes, he uh, is.
1: and there are plenty of them in this draft.
0: Oh, uh, t- totally. Um, uh, they're becoming more plentiful as the years go on. And uh, in terms of, they re- really need a linebacker, though. And in terms of linebackers, uh, actually, nostril deed appears to be the closest thing to a linebacker. That's the best thing on the board now. Hmm. Um, any other positions you would attack here?
1: So who are the top picks on the board, no regardless of position right now?
0: Uh, Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell at running back, Kellen Mond, Devine Diablo, Trey Sermon, and then Hamza Nasruldeen.
1: So we'll go Davin uh, Diablo. Uh,
0: yeah, and what? Why Davin Diablo over Hamza Nasruddin? Um Well, we talk about um, we talk about
1: Nasruldeen. Uh, I'm always butchering his name, <laughs> but he's he's to me he's one of those players that you could play down. Uh, he could play over the top better than Diablo can, um, but I think when when you look at the movement skills, Diablo, although he's more of a box safety, is the ability more of the rangy player underneath. Um, not exactly the guy you're gonna trust over the top. If he's he's very aggressive. So, but not, I think the movement, the athleticism, is what plays more into it for Diablo. I, you know, and a lot of people say they knock some of his skill because the the, the um, combine numbers for him, well, the pro day numbers weren't great. But when you look at the film, the stuff he does on film, he's he's a laser to the football. He he has the ability to cover in the slot, the ability to cover a tight end. But is over being over the top, not exactly the greatest guy over playing in space over the top. I think that's more of uh, Nazan Dean's uh, wheelhouse. But. When you look at it, he's a better tackler than Nassim Dean, and he's a way more of a ranging player yeah. than Nassim Dean.
0: Is. Yes, and uh, Bill Belichick, uh, tackling, if, if tackling is not optional for Vic Fangio, it is definitely not optional for Bill Belichick. And uh, David Diablo is also a mad hitter. and Bill Belichick wants guys to knock the snot out of an opponent. So uh, David Diablo... Would make perfect sense there. And now we're at six overall with the Dolphins. And voila, the two players they're considering in reality for Thursday night, Panay Sewell and Jalen Wow are still available. But you and I agreed we would personally take Panay Sewell on the board right here. So we will give them Panay Sewell.
1: And as a way to keep that quarterback healthy, we've talked about it last year. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Well, this will help him stay healthy. A big six foot plus, six foot six plus tackle that's going to be able to, one, match up with speed rushers. Eventually, he'll be able to handle all power that comes up the middle as he gets stronger, and he has some very, very good feet. I think he's still a little raw, but overall, you're talking about a player that could be your left tackle for 10 years plus.
0: Oh, absolutely, and plus... uh... Uh, he's an even better run blocker than pass block at this point, and running the ball uh, helps protect a quarterback just as much as an offensive line pass blocking when he goes back to pass. So uh, getting that running game going to help would help Tua just as much.
1: Absolutely. And it'll also give them the ability to, one, keep the opposing offenses off the football field. So yeah. I think this does so much for the Dolphins, offensively and defensively.
0: Yes. And now the Dolphins have an interesting opportunity here at 18. The best player on the board is somebody who played in their own backyard last year, Jalen Phillips from Miami. Now, to be clear, I'm fully aware of the extensive injury history with Jalen Phillips, those three documented concussions at college and uh, him going into semi-retirement to try to pursue a music degree. And, uh, he has a passion for music. His grandfather, it was the music director at, at the UCLA school of music where he first went to college. So, uh, Uh, But the talent is undeniable. Many people think he's the best defensive player in this draft, period. And uh, lots of people think that he could go as early as four picks or to the Vikings at 14. And uh, if Jay- and the Dolphins, uh, after not getting uh, their pennies worth from Kyle Van Noy, they need a screaming presence off the edge to hunt down Josh Allen and uh, Zach Wilson. And if the Patriots draft either Justin Fields or Trey Lance, they're going to need it. So Jalen Phillips would make a lot of sense here. But you also got Quiddie Pay here, and uh, you got Rashad Bateman as the best wide receiver on the board here. What would you do?
1: Well, we're going Rashad Bateman. We're going to add another playmaker to this offense. We need um, help for Devontae Parker. Uh, we're going to give to another weapon to throw the football so he doesn't have to just keep uh, hitting the intermediate and check downs. Give him another matchup problem besides Mike Kosicki. And what we're going to do is we're going to give this offense more punch. You know, I like Jalen Phillips. He wasn't one of my top five pass rushers. I'm not a huge fan because I think he struggles when he doesn't win on his first move and he struggles using his power consistently. Um, I think I've seen him get blown up in the running game, which is something you can't have on the edge. So I think overall, he's a very good player. The questions about whether he loves football enough or not, or another reason why you push guys down your board because, if they're not going to love the game, you don't want to put pick them in the first round and give them that ability to stick around for a fifth year, the way you're questioning whether you want to pay the guy or not. Uh, let's bring in a player that's going to contribute right away, that's going to give you the ability to grow in this offense, possibly take it over once Devontae Parker has to move on because you can't keep him forever. And you're going to have another potential playmaker. you talk about a big receiver who with the ball in his hands makes plays.
0: And uh, uh, my colleague, uh, Jacob Infante, who uh, was uh, on our show um, earlier in the draft process, he compared Rashad Bateman to Allen Robinson, and uh, Allen Robinson is a type of wide receiver that anybody would kill to have on their team.
1: Yes, and they're, they're big athletic receivers, and what they, they get over with is the fact that you can't match them athletically. Bateman is not exactly the most rounded route runner, but much like... Players like uh, Des Bryant and Justin Blackman, they had the big athletic ability that was able to make up for those tight window throws, the bad throws. You know that quarterback throws it behind him. You know, undercuts the ball. He has to overjump. The, he has to outjump the defender for the football. These are all things that their athleticism makes up for. Is a quarterback's best friend.
0: And now at 36 overall, the second of two picks the Dolphins have acquired in this draft from the Laramie Tunsil trade. Oh, my God. They're probably thinking <laughs> Bill O'Brien um, heavily right now down in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Miami Gardens. And uh, look who's still on the board here. You got Christian Barmore from Alabama, but uh, the Dolphins uh, have a sizable hole at running back, and we're in the second round. Both Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are staring them right in the face. I think this would be good value to get one of them.
1: When I look at this offense, as much as I would say Travis Etienne, he's the top board on my top running back on my board. However, the best fit for the Miami Dolphins is Najee Harris. Here you take the, the bruiser, the player that's a freak athlete. And as long as he doesn't take a ton of punishment, as long as he gives it and doesn't take it and is able to make some moves um, to avoid some hits. I think you have the play that's going to fit in with what
0: you want to do in Miami.
1: Yeah,
0: and so far, um, we've got a haul for the Dolphins in the Smack of panay Sewell, Rashad Bateman, and a reunion between Tua Tungavailoa and Najee Harris. If the Dolphins were able to get all three of these guys, Tua would be uh, throwing a party and sipping champagne, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it keeps him clean. It gives him weapons, and... The biggest knock on him was that he didn't take enough risks. Well, now you give him the weapons to take those risks. Now you can fairly critique.
0: And uh, you got an offensive lineman that could help anchor your protection for the next decade or so. So Absolutely. uh, This would be more than ideal for the Dolphins. And uh, if, uh, Chris Greer, you're listening to this podcast, we've got a potential great uh, possible scenario for you that uh, could come to fruition on Thursday night. (laughs) But uh, let's go to the 50th overall pick, uh, which Dolphins have their um, original second. And uh, they need edge help. And we've got Carlos Boogie Basham is the best edge on the board. But also, if you want a freak athlete, Peyton Turner's still on the board.
1: Indeed. And, and Turner's an intriguing prospect. And if you want that uh, that athletic, speedy edge rusher, he's your guy. If you want that hard worker, it's going to give you that that action on the edge. It's going to give you those moves inside on the stunts. It's going to fight for every uh, every bit of every bit of uh, every inch to get to the quarterback. Then Boogie Basham is your guy. He's been one of those guys I liked a lot. He's one of my top pass rushers, so I'm going to take Boogie Basham.
0: Boogie Basham at 50 overall. The Dolphins, as we give them the first addition to their defense in this three round mock draft, and the dolphins uh don't pick again till 81 overall in the third round but they also have a cop pick at 102 so we got two more picks for the dolphins uh in this mock and uh if you so we got them their uh offensive tackle we got them their wide receiver and their running back we got them an edge rusher um what are you thinking right now
1: uh so right now um what's best available on the board so I'm not going to push a need here because that's when you tend to reach. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look and see how my board falls. And the best player I see on the board that makes sense to me is the player I'm
0: going to take. The best player on the board, given that he was a defensive captain, and obviously Brian Flores comes from the Belichick tree. Belichick loves those captains to call plays on defense. Pete Warner. The linebacker from Ohio State is still on the board, and Werner isn't the most athletic, but Belichick doesn't take the most athletic linebackers either at times, and he just likes guys who are hard-hat lunch pail guys who could uh, pull out the signals, and Pete Werner's your man there. He's the best guy on the board here.
1: And who else Who else do we have?
0: Uh, Chaz Surratt um, as well. Uh, uh, you got uh, Jackson Carmen if you want more offensive line help, especially uh, at guard. Uh, Quitsy, uh, Roche, if you want to double dip it edge, uh, uh, we can't give them Devine Diablo, uh, Stone Forsythe from Florida. If you want a potential bookend in case Austin Jackson doesn't, uh, pan out, uh, all right. Um, so or Trey Smith from Tennessee,
1: intriguing, intriguing options, but, I think you want me over at Chaz Surratt at this point in the draft. You're talking about a big inside backer who could also play to Sam as well. He's going to be able to play in those sub packages, uh, absorb blocks, uh, athletic player with the range to chase down runs in space. Give me Chaz Surratt.
0: Yeah, and Chaz Surratt, he was a star high school quarterback in North Carolina, and uh, that uh, knowledge of the game he has from his experience at quarterback could make him an ideal guy to call the plays on defense as well.
1: Absolutely. He's a very heady player. Of course, the experience at quarterback always helps. But when you talk about his ability to diagnose, he sees it. He's able to get there. There's times where he guesses wrong. Uh, A lot of college players tend to do that. But when you're looking at it now, the – Ability to play in the space, uh, which is becoming a big factor for linebackers at the NFL level now. No more of the big plotting middle linebackers. Now every linebacker be able to play in space and cover, and he gives you just that as well as take on blocks.
0: For some reason, the draft network mock draft machine has not processed the Dolphins uh, pick at 102, which is that uh, pick they got. Uh, from the 49ers and the 49ers blockbuster trade up to three for some reason. So we're not going to be able to make a pick there, but the haul we got, the dolphins is more than satisfactory enough. Then one Oh two is essentially throwing uh Random darts at the wall at that point, especially at this draft. So now we're on to the Buffalo Bills at 30. And uh, you got uh, Azizo Jalari at edge, uh, even though his knee problems late in the first round is where he starts to make sense, at least in my view. Joe Tryon at Washington, but we also got Travis Etienne um, still on the board as well. Or Jason so, uh, Owe, if you want a freak athlete at edge.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it makes sense at edge. I mean, with, with the medical coming out on Ogilari I think he falls out of the first. Yeah. I know it would make sense if you want the fifth-year option on him, but if you have a better edge who's healthy, um, he, although Owe is not technically better, if you look at the film, uh, there's a likelihood if he works out, he plays longer than Ogilari based on the medical. So I would take Oway here late in the first and add that
0: edge rush that they desperately want to add to. Oh, absolutely. And especially with the quarterbacks in your division that you are going to face uh, with at least two at and Zach Wilson. And should the Patriots be fortunate to get Fields or Lance? Uh, you're going to need a lot better edge rush than he had last year in Buffalo. And Jason Oway, although very raw, Sean McDermott has a great track record working with freak athletes like that, uh, especially yeah. at, on defense.
1: And you're going to need the edge rush because even if we talk about playing the Patriots, you're going to have Cam Newton with actual weapons this year. I think that was the one knock we had on the Patriots. Everybody beat up Cam for it, but who was he throwing to? Their best play in the red zone was Cam Newton running the football. This year, Cam Newton could run throw whatever you want down there. He can, he can run that, that Philly special for all we care. I think they'll have more than enough options to make Cam a viable quarterback again. So I think people are going to have to be, really pay attention and prepare for Cam Newton, even if they do draft a quarterback.
0: Oh, indeed. Uh, they're going to have a lot of options either way. And the Bills, uh, yeah, you got Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, but Cole Beasley is uh, getting pretty old. And uh I don't think you have John Brown anymore. And you got no, De- you got Diami Brown at wide receiver that's still on the board. He could be a great uh complement on the opposite boundary of Stephon Diggs. Uh he's an ideal deep target for Josh Allen, uh, which uh, makes a lot of sense. But if you want to double dip at edge, uh, uh yeah, you got AJ Epidessa, but uh you can never have too many pass You got Gregory Rousseau still on the board uh from uh Miami and uh in terms of running backs, uh, I think uh, we're going to have to wait till uh, the uh, third round. Uh, interior defensive line, uh, Davian Nixon from Iowa still on the board, or Milton Williams from Law Tech, They need help on the interior defensive line, too. They struggled to stop the run last year.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't force the issue at this point. If you have better players, and I believe you did mention some more, Diami Brown is a definite uh, interest at this point. Uh, listen, you need enough to play, right? Because Stefan Diggs was a, it was a godsend. Gabriel Davis has the ability to take the speed off, take the top off of defense. Adding a Diami Brown gives you another playmaker who is, once again, an unfinished product. So you don't know what he's going to be able to do with this. Putting him opposite Gabriel Davis and moving uh, Diggs around the formation, along with Beasley, gives you a lot of weapons. Beasley's going to be able to work underneath. He's not your, your vertical guy, but those three guys but the ability to stretch defense is going to give Beasley a lot of work underneath.
0: Uh, yes. And adding another dynamo playmaker to the bills offense is something they indeed want to do. And they would be more than content with De'Ami Brown. And we are approaching the final pick of not only this three round mark for the bills, but our three round marks of this entire dash of the draft divisional tour 2021. And, uh, we, uh, the bills, uh, If you want a running back, uh, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis or Trey Sermon from Ohio State is still available. If you want to go running back, if you want to go corner, Elijah Griffin out of USC is the best uh, corner on the board. Uh, If you want to go interior uh, defensive line, Jay Tefele from USC, if you want a run stuffer, uh, he would make sense here as well. Or uh, Tyler Shelved from LSU. Uh, um, uh, Any other positions you would look at here? Um,
1: For the Bills, um, let's go with the interior defensive lineman from USC, Tefele. I think you're talking about a big body player uh, who has the ability to play both the one and three techniques. So it's a a beautiful thing to have him in there because he can stay on the field and different. Uh, different personnel groupings. He's going to be out there. If you do have a chance to play your base defense, he has the ability to kick down to the one in your sub packages and bring that third pass rusher down inside. So he's going to be one of those players who's a difference maker no matter where he is on defensive line
0: jeff barnes ladies and gentlemen cover to draft.com follow him on twitter at jeff barnes 29 jeff thank you so much once again for contributing to our dash of the draft coverage this year and that concludes our 2021 dash of the draft divisional tour but join me tomorrow beginning at 7:40 p.m eastern time for my annual nfl draft live stream for the second consecutive year, Billy Rossetti and Andrew Weedman will join me to analyze all the picks as they come in and discuss what it means for your favorite team. Like the Sports Crunch Facebook page and remember that's Crunch with a K, or subscribe to the Sports Crunch YouTube channel to catch both. The link to the live stream can also be found in my Twitter bio. And of course, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review at donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Jeff. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at dcrom59. For Jeff Barnes, this is David Cromwell saying so long and as usual... Wear a mask over your nose as long as you're in a crowded space, but if you're isolated outside with other vaccinated people, you don't have to, according to CDC, but still, keep washing your hands, keep socially distancing when required, stay awesome, stay safe, and if you haven't done so yet, please get whatever COVID-19 vaccine is available to you right now so we can fill every football stadium in the country come September. Enjoy the draft, everybody. Hope to see you Thursday night.